You are listening to the Nosy Dragon. I am your dungeon master slash innkeeper, Jason. I am joined by my players slash patrons, Ben. Good evening. And Josh. Howdy do da dandy. Today's session, we're going to be talking all about character creation. Hey guys, before we get into today's episode, I just want to let you know today's episode was made possible in part by Goblin Emporium. More about them later in the episode. Well, guys, Ooh. character creation. Yeah, we all character creation. We, we all mean, begin somewhere. I wouldn't exist. Where, you wouldn't exist. Who would exist uh, without <laughs> character creation? Character yeah. was just a twinkle in their player's eye. Um. <laughs> Uh, yeah Uh, that's a different kind of character yeah yeah i mean this is a big big cornerstone isn't it and uh yeah it's kind of a such a broad topic where to start on it but um i think i think i i know exactly where to start i mean we (laughs) We wrote it down. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So I'll, I'll admit that we have some some notes. Um, <gasps> How dare you? But, so starting from an idea is our first topic here, and I honestly feel like this could almost be an entire an entire episode in a, in and of itself. I actually find well, this part difficult. I, I mean, it's, for me, when I'm like when I'm not at the table, and when I'm like on my own just thinking about D as i do I, it's like i come up with character ideas like bouncing one off another this and that but mm. when it comes to actually sitting down and making a character i lose it all it's just like i run blank <laughs> do, do you guys experience yeah. that at all you gotta write it in your notes dude because i do that same thing where it's like i don't know i'll just come up with a character idea and then i'll be like i'll be like is that worth it i'll just write it down in my notes i have a note called D characters and it's just like a bunch of different Mm. ideas i have but i guess i'm i'm kind of curious i want to ask like because i think i know i know the answer for myself but like what what's the first thing like what what's the catalyst that starts your like creating a character like where what's the very first thing campaign (laughs) (laughs) i feel like so many characters that people create are just like created in the void yeah yeah they don't yeah they never, they never actually get put into anything. Um, yeah, I try not to create. I try. I don't know. I, I guess because I'm a dungeon master most of the time, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about creating player characters because I'm often creating NPCs. And those guys, I, I do just sit down and create them, and then I can throw them in whenever they're usable or needable, needed. Right. Uh, or never, which is 50% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, from character creation, usually it's because... I've there's a campaign on the horizon and I need to create a character mm-hmm. for that. Um, but I yeah. guess I think most of my uh, st- ideas for character creation, my my sparks, come from media like yeah some sort of a character and some sort of a thing, maybe a comic book reference or something like that. And I go, man, that'd be fun to play in D anD D. And so then I'll, I'll start from there. So it's like you know how how could I play Batman but like at level one? Yeah, without, without you know. Obviously, without the bravado and stuff, but like, how could I make a good platform for the Batman <laughs> character as an idea, right? Mm. Yeah, that he could level up into. And I think that's also, I this is kind of an off topic, but like, that's, I think that's an important thing. Like, 
I feel like oftentimes when people are creating their characters, they forget that most of the time they're starting at level one, yeah. you know? Oh, so if you yeah. want to be like Sauron, yeah. you know, you're like, I want to be this ultimate destroyer of man, but I have yeah. four HP. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like a, a, it's a, so a single true. boar's tusk would destroy you. Mm. But anyways, um, yeah, I, I want to hear Ben. <laughs> what, what's your character? How do you, where do you start from? So for me, um, it's kind of a, a, a mix in the two. Like, I, I feel like it, it, it can definitely be very advantageous to start creating a character based on what campaign you're going to play because you know, like, what situations are, whether magic's going to be, you know, on our last topic of session zero, all that information's been laid forth and you can put it into your character directly. Well, if you, mm. Or, you know, if you have an idea for a character that you want to play that you've made before, it can be a little difficult to try and mold that or, or change it to fit into a, uh, a different campaign. So, usually when I create a character, it's based on what I think would be... Like, I have an idea of maybe an emotional context or, like, some situation that would be, like... Um, really exciting to explore. Like if I was a if I if I wanted to play a bard, then I would first think like, all right, what story am I trying to tell? What happened? Wow. I like I start backstory first. Backstory first, interesting. And then interesting. I build, and then I shape the character. Like, oh, yeah. maybe what race would make sense for him? I've, I've done it like that, like one of two ways. Like, you know, where it's super detailed character motivation stuff way before I've rolled stats, way before I even know what class he's going to be, way before I even know what race. Yeah. I know the pillars of their personality. I know their drive, yeah. their motivation, their trauma. And vice versa, I've done the complete opposite where it's like <laughs> I saw a meme of, you know, a skeleton in a regular group and I, and he there's some joke about like, you know, um does that hurt you? And he's like, I have no pain receptors. And then he like says, someone in the group set, set party says something hurtful, like a joke that hurts his feelings. And he's like, I felt that. <laughs> and I, I thought that was so funny. And I was like, man, I want to play a skeleton now. And uh, then I like worked really hard to try to create something around this skeleton character. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where, you know, I've done the opposite where I started with, you know, this kid uh, ha was alone as a child. He found a fairy and he was trying to take care of this fairy but because the fairy is injured. But then he couldn't speak the fairy's language and the fairy died in his care. And at that point on, he was like, I'm going to never, I'm never going to make that mistake again. I'm going to know everything about magical creatures. Mm. And uh, mm. so then that character set out to create the monster manual. Oh, and so he's so constantly cool. like researching all of the world and the creatures around him. So yeah. You know, what race, what race is he? Doesn't matter. What class is he? Doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> I don't care what his stats are. I'm just put the, the highest thing roughly in intelligence, you know, and that's about it. Like, I don't care what everything else is. Yeah. I yeah. can imagine that those characters are really fun to play, but a little bit frustrating for other characters in your party who are like trying to drag you away from the Medusa who's turning everyone into stone. And you're busy. Like, yeah. I, I gotta Cataloging. take notes. Yeah. Wait, yeah. I need a sample of its feces. I think if you're, I think it can be really exciting and interesting if you're like in a role play focused group. But sometimes it's like, if you're just like, 
you're, you're trying to take the time to like do your character thing and everyone's like, Hey, I'm just, I want to tell the DM which traps I I'm looking for, you know? <laughs> I think yeah. the dangerous part of those characters that you know who they are before even you've ever thought of any statistical thing about the character, like, you know, what would go on a character sheet is often when those characters die, your heart breaks. <sighs> yeah. If you create like a character that you put so I mean, that's almost anything, but like when you put so much time into your character and so much focus and you kind of build this like per this person, you know, yeah. then when they die, you experience a real sense of loss, oh. you know? Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Bring me I back. kind of, I think I. Sounds like I, a good I, story, Ben. Oh, uh, man. Oh, yeah. Do you? You have a good one? I do. I do. It was, uh, I was playing a. Uh, a copper dragonborn bard named Neldrash, who used to be mm. uh, a pirate, uh, and he used to sing like stories of his his crew until they came across this enormous sunken treasure, and in order to uh, take one more share of gold. They they kicked him off the boat because you know you don't need a, a bard to to handle the rigging or like keep the boat afloat. First one to go. Uh, I love wow. that character. What and... a shit group of players, man. <laughs> no, it was. <laughs> no, that was. Wait, before was that I the players or the players. that was? That's just know. your backstory. That was what happened to the character? Backstories. So I was like, oh, okay. I, I no no I, so I formed a new crew. I was like Jesus Christ! Wow, man, you're playing some real douchebags. <laughs> that is. Man, you know that you imagine cherished, beloved character of yours? Yeah, you can just tear up that character sheet because we want to take more gold with us. <laughs> oh my God! Could I you even imagine? I, I I don't think I've met any players in my life who would be that big of dicks. Well, that's Hitler zone right there. Yeah, that's exactly. like major mondo evil. But yeah, what happened to the what happened to your character? So they the whole thing was I had they were very like eager to kind of prove themselves and to to like show that they had value because in that moment it was like the ultimate like you are not worth this. Uh and so his entire like idea was to make a name for himself and he was very mistrusting because his crew completely abandoned him um and so very very slowly he built this relationship with the party kind of like them understanding him very slowly opening up and it was really kind of a strong like emotional context and then in in one dungeon where there was uh once again a situation of like an extreme amount of wealth being guarded by these monsters um neldrash decided to use his magical abilities to lure them away and he had planned to escape but by the time that he had got it was like this horde of giant spiders uh by the time that he had like got them away far enough for the party to get what they needed uh the spell ended and they all killed him oh god dude and he was alone just like he was left alone at the beginning of his party but this time it was his choice 
I mean, that's got to be kind of satisfying, though. Like, that's that that's like a, a very a very epic conclusion to this character. It was, but it was tragic too. I was like, yeah, it's hard to say goodbye. <sighs> my 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 monster manual guy died because the campaign fell apart because of an argument. Oh no! Oh, that's so now, much that worse. Is tragic. That feels <laughs> terrible. Oh, that's how like, most of my characters die, actually. Oh. <laughs> the campaign just fizzles, fizzles out. out. Yeah. Which is such a sad, unsatisfying conclusion. Mm. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, starting from an idea, I feel like uh, from, uh, you know, st- starting with like a, you know, a psychological, emotional, in-depth perspective of, of who this character is is definitely a way but you can also do it just as simply as like hmm how would i play you know uh the joker as a character or how would i play you know um john wick but <laughs> yeah. from level one you know yeah I feel like exactly because people are like oh i want to play john wick and then they set up to play john wick but they don't realize they're starting at level one where john wick is like Easily like level seventeen or something, so it's just like yeah. absolutely probably start should aim a little lower than John Wick at you know grow into John Wick should be your goal. How can I start a character that grows into John Wick? Yeah, you know? it's like I don't it's care true. how yeah. how high you're rolling for your stats, you are not yeah. getting a fucking even if you rolled all eighteens, <laughs> it's just there's not it's not it's not happening. Like yeah. you're just gonna you know you're gonna have just one hit die at level one, no matter what. So it's just. You're just gonna die. Yeah. To everything. Yeah. Which is appropriate. You know? <laughs> That's how it then should the, be. The, the, so like what I did is like, for example, for a character idea that just quickly like, oh, I have an idea for your character, how can I make that possible? Uh Roadhog from Overwatch. Mm. You know, um I'm a one man apocalypse. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> really good uh, Roadhog laugh, actually. Uh so he I was like, okay, what are his fundamentals? Uh he doesn't wear armor. He can take a lot of damage. He can take a lot of punishment. And uh, he does that hook where he pulls people closer. And yeah. he can regenerate health uh, with, you know, by drinking these the gasoline. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. Well, I'm starting at level one, so I'm not going to be able to do everything. But I can do, like, a le- one level in Barbarian and then uh, pick a human, just a really fat, tall human, um, and then I can get the feet, uh, magic initiate, and then grab the cantrip, uh, thorn whip, right? So uh, now I can uh. whip people closer to me at level one, bada bing, bada boom. I'm a barbarian. So I have that, you know, damage resistance and a D 12 to hit die, right? Yeah. Starting yeah. off hit die. So that's a nice amount of hit points and, you know, resistance to all damage types with the t- boat t- totem bear, you know, uh, barbarian thing. However, I can't use Thorn Whip and be raging, so it's not something I'll be able to use all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, of course, if you just ask your DM, like, hey, man. <laughs> so <laughs> the other ways I would reskin it is be like, oh, the Thorn Whip would look like, uh, you know, a chain when he does it. Yeah. Cause yeah. Because why not? Um, exactly. And then... You know, you use uh, a a meat hook as your main weapon, and it's just a, you know, a great axe. Yeah, it's it's just a sickle or something. To look like a big meat hook, because why not? And then, you know, I don't know, shotgun, like a heavy crossbow that you just shoot sometimes. Sure. It's not perfect, 
but it's more than enough to get a point across. You just wear a, an, an apron, you know. It's like <laughs> super easy. Other way, you could play a monk, and that way you can always do the thing, but you just don't get the hit points. Yeah. Um, but that was another way you could always use a thorn whip. As yeah. I like I anyway. like the idea of Roadhog as a character too because he's he's not immortal, <laughs> you know. Like yeah. I think a lot yeah. of media protagonists. Yeah, I guess if you want to be like, I want to play Superman. Like, yeah, not really gonna happen. Exactly. He he dies in the game many times. Yeah, constantly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Healing potions is the last thing I forgot. Healing potions. Oh then right. You're done. Well, I mean, then you're done. You created <laughs> yeah. Roadhog. Um, just be a weird sociopath too. <laughs> now that's yeah, the, that's the easy chaotic part. evil yeah, yeah easily chaotic evil or neutral evil one of the two then you're done you've presto so you know mm. but uh, i think uh it's dangerous just to think oh it's gonna be just as badass though as roadhog and you know <laughs> i'll have i'll have so much h yeah and i'll be yeah. the tank of the party and stuff it's like you gotta grow into these things you gotta fill these shoes it's different if you're starting sure. level five or ten or something yeah, and and I think too like, this is definitely a mistake that I've made a lot, and I think a lot of players make this, especially like when they're starting out. But like, the i I think the idea of like, oh, I'm gonna play a badass, is kind of like I think that's a dangerous place to start. Yeah. If you're you like, I think like even just being like my character thinks of himself as a badass is a way better like thing to build your personality on because if you're like oh i'm a badass as soon as you roll your nat one on intimidating this guard then you're like oh i suck my you know like this, this is so lame like this game is yeah. stupid and i've seen that <laughs> happen to a lot of players like, who start I out play the terminator so i'm gonna play a warforge that has human skin and yeah he is you know i am determinator and then you get terminated by a co kobold <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and I think it's Wait. yeah, it's just like <laughs> no. D and D is not like it's not video games and it's not like movies, it's not books, you know, like it's very it's very much its own thing because there's such a random element. Mm -hmm. So I think like knowing the game is also important. I think I'm I guess this is like more advice for like people who are just starting out, you know. I've seen but, uh, I feel like I've seen quote unquote air quotes here seasoned veterans make the the i'm a badass <laughs> character mistake yeah uh, if they want to be really cool and they want to like oh i'm never i'm mr never fail and then when they fail it really messes up their role play for them and it's like this isn't fun yeah and they get like mad and frustrated because character's not living up what you yeah. want and i think like mm. i don't know that's like this is kind of as a yeah. role player but i think knowing how to make your failures as exciting or as yeah. fun or as funny as your successes that's oh. like I think the cornerstone of like a good D and D player. Exactly. Really summed it up very clean. But uh, yeah, I guess on on I want like sort of how I I guess make characters or I don't know. I guess I think I I'm really like random about it. I think it can be like it can oh, be yeah. something as like I'll just like have an accent I'm doing. And I'm like, okay, who talks like this? Who, who like who sounds like that and i think oh uh, yeah oh absolutely i think i get I've like done, i get i've done the start from the voice one so many times yeah. like i have a but funny I, voice yeah. in my head and i'm like i want to play this this would be fun i'm totally like it's on that was that was but i think yeah. i played an irish um an an irish Genassi named Broomstick. No, Scottish. And my whole Scottish character Broomstick. was I'm Scottish. 
and it was the best. Yeah, just the funny. Yeah, and I think it's like a well fleshed out character. (laughs) (laughs) His personality was very well defined. We'll say it that way. Oh yeah. Um, But I think it's like I don't know. I think it's good what Justin said. Like, because I think almost like when you make these characters in your head, it's a fun exercise and it's a fun way to like work on your role play and work on fleshing out or building a character entirely in your head you know Mm. but i think when it comes down to it it's like you come up with a really cool idea for a character and then the the campaign you're like oh okay we're gonna start a new campaign you know when that happens and then it's like okay these are the things that don't work with my character that i wanted to play in this campaign and it's like i know for me i'm like well i'm not gonna make those concessions because I'm not going to play like a watered down, like crappy version of this character I had mm. this idea for, you know? So I think it's like, I think it is important to, it's really important to know the setting and as well as the group. Yeah. Um, And I yeah. think, yeah. And I think like stats, when you roll, when you have your stats, it can also be, I one character that I had, I yeah, know that that's, that's how I did it. Absolutely direct. What you Absolutely, because I didn't have a super clear idea of who I wanted to play, and I was like, okay, let me just roll my stats, and they were so incredibly horrible that we didn't realize this at the time, but they were so bad that in the player's handbook, you had you like it was not a legal character to play because the <laughs> the, the points oh, were the point total was so low. But then I was like, okay, I have who who would be so like incredibly bad at everything? Who would have this little health? who would have this little everything. And I was like, okay, either like an infant or an incredibly elderly person. And then I played like, it was like a 480 year old. No. And Mid-Rhino it was really fun. Was break of their, their lifespan. Yeah. At the very end of his, like as a, a very, like a very old gnome. And it was just fun because like when that character, because of the, like, because of that thing that was sort of like, crappy or like i think you wouldn't be excited about but because i kind of ran with it it became very fun because then the party was like always trying to protect this tiny incredibly elderly gnome who is like in combat on a big mule and everyone would be like stand back no get out of there but i think like yeah i think there's a lot of there's so many ways that you could start your character but i think like i think it is important to like have if you're building like a real character that you really want like to play, I think it is like I think it's 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 important to start from from a campaign. But the the last thing I'll say I think is like none of my characters I think like I think I'll come up with a little idea like a little catalyst and I'll have like a little idea of a character. But I am such a lore guy. I'm so focused on backstory hmm. that I don't think my characters start like like for me like to have a real character and. And also, it's such a big part of like building their personality. I have a Talk question. Later, but yes. So when you're when you're working with backstory, right? Do you start with like kind of, like a lot of the times when I create a, a, a backstory, it's around a certain relationship. Uh, you mm. know, I know my like my fellow players first. And then kind yeah. of how I want to relate to them. Or do you start with like an individual character, like this is what happened in their life, and then they're meeting the party, like for the first time, and and why they would do that. Like which do you find yourself doing more? Um, like like 
creating a backstory around the party or creating a backstory like more centered on my character? Is that what you're asking? Uh, yeah, like, yeah, more centered around the party or more centered around like your character itself. I think I think I go back and forth. And I think as I've played more, I've realized like how helpful it is for gameplay if you incorporate another player into your backstory, hmm. you know? But I think, I don't know. I think for me, I do like, because I do a lot of it, like I'm just like doing something else and I'm like kind of creating this lore, this backstory. Like I have an example, a character that I kind of created and I was like sort of interested in was uh, like, so it was a, it was a druid. It was a wild shaped druid, uh, a, a circle of the moon druid. But I was like, okay, like, I kind of, I wanted it to be like, there was like the druid, there was like this character, and then there was this like monster that was like inside of the character that came out, you know, that, so then there was like two separate personalities. Like so that one of the characters, sort of? Almost like lycanthropy, but more like there's this like lawful good or like chaotic good character, and then like a chaotic evil character. So you get to play like both sides of it. But then I was like, okay, like, where does that come from? And I kind of had the idea of like, do you know, like the, the, there's like a legend, I think it's called like the black dog of Berkshire or like something. It's like an I've English legend, but that. there's like this giant black dog that like roams the streets of this like Scottish, Scottish town. And I was like, okay, maybe oh, it's like scary. this noble family that has this like curse that's been passed down for generations. And then this like, this character now has this curse and because of that, they, like, run, they leave their family because they're, like, so... When they're, like, on their 18th birthday or something, they find out. And I think that's also, like, I always... <laughs> it sounds always very dark find, academia. Very dark academia, but I, I always try to find, like, why is this person going on adventures? Like, why are they adventuring? Why aren't they, like, living at home or, like, doing what mm. everybody else in the world does, like, get a job? Because I think that's always the one thing I always think about. Like, because adventuring, like, yeah, it's like, crazy. if you're... And it's weird. crazy. It's weird. It's crazy. It's like incredibly dangerous. It's like you have like no home, no roots, and you're like running around. And I think that's why so many people go for the tragic backstory. Because yeah. then it's like, oh, I'm like, I'm just off on <laughs> my own. Disney classic, you know? It's like, what Disney character has not had one or both of its parents? Exactly. <laughs> the dead parents are like a guaranteed. So I think it's, it's also, it also like. It also generates sympathy for the character. Yeah, sympathy and then like you can kind of give them an edge or like a bit of a, yeah. Me yeah. never. I love having parents so that my DM can kill them because then that, that all that juice happens <laughs> that, in the session. an evil DM. That is an evil DM that kills your parent. <laughs> I, I had a character that I created that was different than than the way I normally would go about creating a character. I I, I don't know. I, I had this idea. Um, randomly, I asked, oh, do you want to play a, you know, a game? And I had this idea. I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess I could. Um, I guess I could make a character." And I, I started thinking. I had this idea of like, "Ooh, I want to play a character who's like, can see ghosts." Um, mm. And I was like, "Well, ghosts are like something everyone can see sometimes in T and T." I was like, oh, "I don't know." I was like, "Okay, maybe there's a particular ghost that he sees." And mm. then I, I came up with this, this really, you know, again, very tragic backstory, but also left in plot hooks because I thought like, oh, this would be great. So like the character as a young child, uh, his uh, his father came home wounded 
and wasn't feeling himself and uh, his mom tried to make him feel better and then when the night comes he turns into uh, a beast quote-unquote you know werewolf right. attacks yeah. his mother and almost kills him uh and then leaves and so his mother is severely wounded and he's like you know he got, tries to find help for her as a kid and he finds this random guy and this guy's like oh yeah, yeah i'll help your mom and then he comes in and uh drinks her blood because he's a vampire <laughs> oh my, my god. god whoa and then he's like oh she'll be fine she'll be back on her feet in no time and he leaves and he's like a kid so he's like well that was weird but okay and then the mom's body gets up as a vampire and is like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna eat you now <laughs> oh, and then no. uh, his mother's soul shows up to to fight off the vampire and become oh my know, gosh uh, a specter or whatever the different ghosts are and she fights off the vampire and then the little boy you know runs away from now his ghost mom which is scary to him and now he doesn't have a dad and he's just like oh my gosh he runs into the forest and his mom is like haunting him now and you know mm. it, it's like she's kind of helping but also kind of not <laughs> yeah um, so he becomes a druid living amongst in the forest and um it's it's mostly because he was like trying to get high all the time to like avoid seeing his mom. <laughs> um, yeah. And so yeah, as an adult he's like this really weird quiet druid guy who's like super emo who wears like all black but he's a druid, which I just yeah. think is super <laughs> weird. He has this scar on his face that doesn't heal from his father who cuts his face and like I just love this thing of him being like super like what, uh, and his name is Robert Kuntz. And, um, I wrote this little script of like his kind of personality type, like what he says to everyone and yeah. uh, is like, yes, my name is Robert J. Kuntz. Yes. I'm aware that my last name sounds like Kuntz. No, it's the, this wound on my face never heals. It's a curse. Yes. It hurts constantly. Yes, I've tried to have it cured or removed. Yes, I know I look skinny and pale. Uh, this has been a terrible conversation. Let's never speak again. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's just what he says to everyone immediately. Like any new strangers, he's just like, I'm just, I know where this conversation's going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just like, he's like always murmuring under his breath, talking to his mom, uh, who's, who's kind of, you know, always making things worse, like trying to be helpful, but not helpful at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, 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 he's a human and I was like, okay, I'm going to give him, uh, you know, magic initiate and we're going to grab mage hand because druids can't get mage hand. And then that way when his mom interacts with the, the environment, you know, I have a thing on my character sheet that's not unfair Right. Right. Oh, yeah. like, oh, yeah, I just yeah. have a ghost with me. I, I just get two characters. It's like, no, no, no. The mom can't do anything other than manipulate five pounds within his sight. So she can't, like, go into another room and tell him what's on the other side of the door. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and potentially, maybe he's just insane and his mom doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. It is interesting. I do. That is a fun, like. Passed on. But that's sort of a fun. I think it's a good, like, I don't know, like. How do you create the personality of character? Because I think like backstory and like everything is sort of like, I don't know, there's so much that goes like, oh, I'm creating a character. But then like when you sit down to play, this character has to have a personality. They have to have like 
their choices need to be motivated by something. And I think like that mm. is the, that's the other huge paradigm of creating a character is like, I mean, to like be honest, your, your idea, your backstory, that, your stats, and then your personality. Yeah. I feel, you go like, ahead. I feel like a lot of that comes from playing. Like, I think yeah. we, we often yeah. have, we often have starting points, like using your backstory as a sort of general basis as to who this person has been up to this point. And yeah. like, honestly, what voice you're using for them, like having that kind yeah, of voice, be... voice tells a lot. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it really does. Like making an entire character just based off the Scottish accent. <laughs> Gee, <laughs> I can't imagine who could have possibly done that. Um, yeah, it's it's true. But then the more that you play them, the more that you interact with your fellow players and the NPCs yeah. that the yeah. the DM puts into the world, the more that character fleshes out and it becomes solid and concrete. Uh, well, the I character... mean, since I'm so good at character creation, I do. I have those things in mind, right? Like character <laughs> growth, right? I want to know yeah. where my character is going. What what are my goals as a player, and what do I want to see happen in the future, right? So. Like my goals for Robert J. Kuntz um, is for him to stop being like monotone, depressed guy all the time. Uh, and his thing is, he's like, I want to be alone. I just want to be alone, right? But the truth is, he just desperate for for connection and authentic love. And so it's like he yeah. says he wants to be alone, yet he's hanging out with a group of adventurers that he can totally leave at any moment. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it's like, oh, just leave me alone, but also don't abandon me because I, you know. <laughs> I don't want to be alone. <laughs> right. So my my goals are is like I want him uh, to he to to I want to see his parents reunited in some way. So he finds his werewolf dad somehow. Uh, or he fights his his vampire mom, right? Uh, and I was thinking, like, best case scenario, there's some weird, like, three parents situation where his ghost mom, his vampire mom, and his werewolf dad reunite and make this weird, unhealthy family. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that's how his character retires. Or he, like, with his vampire dad, track down and kill his his ghost his uh with his werewolf dad track down his vampire mom they kill her and then um his her ghost moves on as she now knows that he's gonna be safe yeah uh and then he can like he's like stops being weird and emo and disconnected uh because partially the reason why he's hard to connect with what's going on is because his mom is always pestering him and it's hard for him to like be present and to not look weird and constantly talking to nobody. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that was kind of my goal. Like, okay, well how can I get his mom to move on? Maybe it's the vampire thing, but I'm totally open to something else. And I would like workshop that with my GM. Like how can he like grow beyond this point? Because I think to make a character and try to keep it precisely the same from beginning to end, it, that's creating a boring character. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's no fun exactly. to play. Exactly. Yeah. And that's often characters like that don't last long. Like the it's you they you get, get boring get, too. Yeah. They get boring so quick. Yeah. I I've They get boring to the person playing them long. and to the people around you. Oh yeah, yeah. It's so true. Yeah, and I think that's what makes it characters interesting is when they're dynamic, when they grow, when they're like mm. when they Yeah, I think I had um I had one character that I really liked. He was a half dragon sorcerer. 
And when I set out to play this character, my big goal for him was like, kind of like grew up in this like fascist sort of like, like dragon cult where like everyone was like super evil. And like, my goal was like, he's going to reform himself and he's going to like spend his time to like, to like learn how to like be caring and considerate towards other people. Cause he was like half red dragon. So like, but what ended up happening with his character was like, he became incredibly evil. <laughs> but I think it was interesting that like the way that he like grew from like all these situations that happened, you know? And I think kind of on that same topic, like, your character's personality grows so much each time you play them and each time they like interact with the world and like they have to make a choice in a situation and that choice motivates is motivated by their past but also like that choice whatever it is motivates who they're like becoming so completely changed i think it's i think it is so interesting to like have those goals and like to create a character that is in like a dynamic state of growth where it's like they're starting somewhere and this is where I want them to end. And I think starting like when you're building your character, having those ideas is good, not only mechanically, because you start at, you know, you start at low level, you get to high level, mm -hmm. but also for that character's personality for their. It's interesting that. that you say like yeah. you had the goal for him to like grow, mature and become like a better person, but he became worse because I had something similar where like I had a character that I, I was lawful good and I planned on him growing to become kind of jaded or evil, like realizing like, oh, the world is not as good as it used to be, right? Because he was from a really long time ago. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he was like, you know, fish out of water in so many ways. And so I was like, okay, either he's going to become, he's going to go from lawful good to lawful evil, right? Still embracing the law, but like becoming, you know, the, the opposite of what he used to represent. Or um, he's going to become like, neutral good but i thought the neutral good was kind of like still a journey towards then true neutral and then like neutral evil yeah like i didn't yeah. really think he would stay neutral good but over the development of the character after like four or five sessions he was already being pushed by his new environment to kind of lean into this kind of more you know, kind of chaotic good. And yeah, it became really hard for him to stick to the, the lawful ways of things because, well, he didn't have the world that he used to have for one. And like, yeah, he couldn't make things work the way they used to. And so he had to adapt. And in that adaptation, he also kind of adapted away from his lawful behavior. And by the end, that wasn't the, the campaign didn't really end, but by the mm. time the, we, we, stopped playing um you know he had changed so much he changed from this like rigidly strict you know anal as they come lawful yeah good you know ultimate lawful person to the max you know literally i follow the law even when it causes misery kind yeah. of to the point of literally saying that in game <laughs> yeah um, to, to oh. going to this kind of like guy who cracks dad jokes and is just like you know a good influence on the group but kind of down for anything yeah. yeah yeah that is so like and those are such satisfying moments when your character like kind of reaches a, a satisfying like where they're like this is a different character than the one i started playing 
And I'm sort of like the character that I'm playing in this current campaign is also like, because when I started the character, I had kind of an idea. Like I was like, I want to kind of play like the Witcher because the world that we originally started was like kind of infested with these monsters. So I was like, I want to play Monster Hunter. Witcher is a good idea. So he was sort of like really tough and stern and like, you know, like he spent his life being seen as a monster hunting monsters. But as he sort of like grew and developed, he went from like this jaded character. And because of the influence of the party, he became like, and also the like influence of this like new deity that he found um, and sort of like wanted to bring back the like his, the former glory and the former like goodness of his like order back. He became this like, more like peaceful and centered and calm, like kind of wizened figure. You know, he started as like sort of like kind of like rash and arrogant and angry. And then he became like calm and more like methodical and Which and is crazy because like the things that happened could have equally gone the opposite direction. Exactly, right? exactly. Like your brother it, yeah. was killed, which was brother one of was the killed. Other players, and you lost your arm. I lost my by arm. The my... guy who killed your parents and your brother. And, <laughs> yeah. Right, and it's like, nah, I'm gonna become a better person. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, it's such an awesome turn. It is. Yeah. It's so it's cool. Very satisfying that, and now he's like, and now there's this younger figure in the party, and a lot of what he does is like trying to like impart his wisdom to this, like, to the younger party and to, like, and to, like, I don't know, to, like, steer. I, I think it's just, it's interesting and it's so exciting when you see your character reach, like, a very satisfying point in their story. Mm. And it's, like, that's, I think that's, like, one of the big things D&D is about is, like, is your your characters, you know? And when you see them grow and develop, that's, like, that's so exciting. That's so awesome. Yeah. It really, really is. It really and is that sort special. of Yeah. And I think it's it's so exciting too because like that growth is so dynamic and and like speaking speaking of growth right yeah um it, this 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 made me think of something um you know if you if you want to grow one of the great ways that you can do that is with today's sponsor yes uh, today's episode was made possible uh, in part by uh, Goblin Emporium. At Goblin Emporium, they put warlords and lair owners first by supplying goblins of only the highest quality. All of Goblin Emporium's goblins are sustainably grown and locally sourced so that you can rest easy knowing that the only thing that you are harming are the adventurers raiding you. From the smallest noblin to the largest bugbear, they've got you covered. And now is the best time to try outfitting your secret place of, of, of operations with Goblin Emporium's Goblins, because for a limited time, they're offering a gold back satisfaction guarantee. And if you tell them that we've sent you, they'll give you a 20% off your first batch of 100 Goblins or more. Goblin wow. Emporium. Goblins you can trust at a price you'll love. <laughs> yeah, and... A lot of products, you know, a lot of times you get sponsored by someone you support it, but this is a product I've used. It's one I really support. Yeah. Um, I think their message of sustainability and, and their prices are, are real. So, yeah, I mean, they, they, they don't use any of those kind of weird curses to bring about goblins mm -hmm, or like mm -hmm, changing, mm -hmm. you know, you know, babies into goblins. None of that kind of stuff. And, you know, like those curses, they're cheap, they're easy, yeah. but they damage the weave. And ultimately, if the weave is destroyed, then all of us lose our magic and nobody yeah. wants that. 
and no yeah, more goblins yeah. in the first place. So you're just you know Exactly. Is it is it and goblin season? I, I honestly don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I actually heard a very season? interesting At Goblin Emporium, it's always goblin season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well I, I wanted to I wanted to to to, to so <laughs> we <laughs> talked about stats, we talked about race, we talked about class. Now we haven't talked we've all all of this has been role play focused, right? Mm. It's so true. Like, it's stats, so true informing role play like oh how can i but when is it when you make a character just because you have a really amazing character ideal idea build that has nothing to do with role play and is purely min max yeah <laughs> <laughs> and what does that look like because oh. i have done that where i was like how could i make a grappling machine like a machine that is just the yeah. tank of tanks and can grapple anything <laughs> and i I sat down and I created a character. Uh, it was a high level character, definitely not a level one. No, uh, no, 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 like it was like level ten, I think. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And uh, I, I kind of, you know, I, at first I built it to see like how could I do it without like t without any magic items and stuff. And then I was like, okay, okay, but like if I had access to everything I wanted, yeah. And yeah. I, I made uh, this this absolute ridiculous thing that's such a ridiculous character that it feels like oh this has to be an npc monster like <laughs> this couldn't be a character like this right yeah this is a stat block that you use for some sort of you know boss encounter <laughs> yeah 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 oh man but like could you just grapple just about anything and hold it there for an indefinite amount of time or is it just uh, it was just it was all about like hand-to-hand -hand combat so it was like a weird mix of like monk and barbarian and fighter mm. uh, for all these different things. And then a, a ton of different feats like tavern brawler and, and other things um, combined with uh, a few magic items uh, that increased, you know, uh, unarmed punches and things like that. So they were doing like 13 damage minimum with, a, with an unarmed strike. Yeah. Uh, and uh, had like advantage on grapple checks and, um, you know, could use like a special maneuver to, to like, to pin you, which is anyway, it was just, it was pretty absurd. Um, yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, of course I was like, okay, well this, this character, as I'm a dungeon master, I was like, I'll never get a chance to play this thing. So I went full NPC creating mode and I, I turned it into an NPC, <laughs> oh. uh, by also, uh, you know, going a little crazy and adding way too many feats. Yeah. <laughs> I added any feat that had you know, grapple or, or, or an abstract in it. I was like, you're mine. Yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. do a little bit when you're, when you're DMing. It's fun. Yeah. It, I think it's interesting too, like, because it is, it's so, it's like, you know, it's so rewarding and satisfying to build like this character story and personality, but it can on the other side be incredibly fun to just build a really overpowered and ridiculous character what like I think too that I've that I've been like toying around with a little bit is like um the first one is is like I think this is a really popular um like multi-class kind of a really popular way to make a broken character but I sort of stumbled upon it while I was like working on that druid character and I was like oh like this would be uh and then I was also like a druid do you know Bart I think it's called like bear barbarian or something is the multi-class where you do <laughs> well, well so what you do is you do a, a circle of the moon druid 
and you um, then you multiclass into Barbarian enough to get the Totem of the Bear feature. And the way that uh, Wild Shape works is that you retain all of your class and racial features when you are in your beast. So oh, you go really? into a rage, you Wild Shape into a bear, and then unless you're taking psychic damage, you have a resistance to any other, yeah. all types of damage. <laughs> so then God. like... And you can wild shape twice at level two as a druid. So by like level four, isn't a spell, right? It's It's not a spell. No, it's a class feature. Yeah. So it's a native ability that you can do twice per day. So then basically you get like, you get, I think it's like by level like four or something, you get like 38, uh, extra hit points per bear. So you have like 60 hit points on, and then all of that is just like as your bear and you're doing really good damage as that too. For like That's the early 76 level. hit wow. points with resistance to almost yeah. well, any- no, 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 the 76 is, I think I'm including the resistance. Well, actually, I don't know the exact digits, but it's like that way your character just doesn't die. They don't go down. And I think I was also, because I was thinking about it because we had a bad encounter where like my guy was almost killed and I was like, this is stupid. I won't, I'm never going down ever again. But then also... <laughs> Also, uh, another be character I've been playing you have around to also with. Also, make it a half work because half works get that you know second resilience wind. thing. Set yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a variant zero. human to get the tough. So that if the yeah. bears somehow go, if you want to max out your HP <laughs> so needlessly. Well, since you need to be level three, any at least level four, right? Because you have to go into two different classes. Two different classes, um, two levels, two levels. Uh, what? Yeah, I think you need to be level three to get the totem bear totem thing. I'm not sure. Yeah, so I think it's level five or something. Yeah, but level like five. five then. So it. So you'd have a you'd you'd be able to grab a feat anyway. So it'd be better to go orc. It would be better to go orc. Yeah, yeah. So Unless you, you max dot, you know. But <laughs> also, but I think it's actually better to do the level up. This is personal opinion because you want to put everything into decks and constitution because you carried your you carry your unarmored defense as the barbarian into your wild shape. So you can be no, a bear that has not... resistance to every type of damage besides psychic that has like 20 AC or something. That's wow. that's busted. So it is insane, and I do intend to play this next campaign. <laughs> I'll say one thing. If you are a DM out there, you want to watch out for your min-maxing characters. You want to build campaigns around them. You know, yeah. if they're going to make it, they're going to make it. It's hard to do because it's, be... it's, it's like, Ugh. yeah. If it's gonna be two, if you only have, have one min maxing player, then it becomes really hard because it's like, well, if I throw really hard encounters at them for the min maxer, and then yeah. you know, that just on playing Robert Kuntz, who <laughs> who who doesn't have anything above a plus three, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've also had to play that one person who is like a D and D veteran who did the the wild shape thing, and two players. Who had never done it before and were trying it out for the first time, having them in the same encounters was almost comical. Because yeah. I would end yeah. up trying like the enemy would end up just trying to throw anything and everything at this like completely yeah. like structured character, while the other two are are, you know, throwing sucker punches and just ha- having them crumble. <laughs> Yeah, and it's true, like, it also can be very rough, people in um, in combat, the other people, because 
I think I I did I I've built kind of I've been been a little min maxi with my character that I'm currently playing, but I think I was like each turn I was doing an average of like forty to sixty damage, and there was another player in the group who was doing like one d eight per turn, so it was like. I would do like yeah okay, another so player. We don't have to. Damage. You don't have to throw any veils. I know it was me. <laughs> yeah. So like okay, I get sixty-eight damage on this guy, and then the next turn it would be like um, okay, I hit him with my staff, and that is uh, a one d eight. So that's four damage. <laughs> but it was just like so it can be like I don't know. This is, yeah. is bad. I don't know what you bad. do about it, but it's yeah. sort of like. I think I think you give magic min-maxing. items to the people who are not min maxing. <laughs> <laughs> it almost min maxing it falls on the responsibility of the player to be like, is what I'm doing gonna be fun for everybody? You know, because yeah. it's kind of like character. the warlock thing. So like yeah. sometimes people make this warlock build, they get devil's sight, and they uh, get this thing that allows them to cast darkness. And uh, they cast darkness on a thing, and then they can see through the magical darkness. And then it's like, oh, great, I have advantage, and they have disadvantage. So I have yeah. advantage of hitting them, and then I'm basically invisible to them. Um, and it's like, great, perfect. Um, but you're not playing in it by yourself. You're playing with yeah. a full party of other people who cannot see in your magical darkness. Yeah. And it's just like, it seems like such a great plan until it's time to execute it, and you realize that you will make everyone in the group blind mm-hmm. <laughs> just screw over every yeah yeah that's kind of the rogue conundrum i feel like oftentimes rogues just sort of like they play at everyone else's behest yeah or, that's not always true i think that's that's rough to say but i have known some rogues that like they'll just do something to screw everybody over and then it's just like because they get their sneak attack but <laughs> so it's not so i feel like so with the min maxing thing i for me as a GM, I am totally fine with min-maxing in responsible players' hands. Um, yeah. When yes. a player who I know cannot hold back wants to bring some min-max monstrosity, I kind of shut it down. Because <laughs> I know that they're just going to ruin it for everyone. They're just going to, yeah. Yeah. you know, I attack at all times, every time. It's just because it's like their characters are just un- unstoppable. Yeah. And I have I th- players that I know I can trust them with the most broken, overpowered stuff because for them, they enjoy creating a, a functioning good character, but they're also, uh, you know, good role players and good at separating player knowledge from character knowledge. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's like, I think that's what it comes down to. Like, you can absolutely min max, but you have to be responsible, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and you, you, have to that, it, you have to do it with your DM supervision. So. That's the, that's the disclaimer. <laughs> Min-maxing, I think, because I do speak it a lot. You're a doctor to see. <laughs> yeah, speak with your DM to see uh, if min-maxing, min-maxing is right for right you. For you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I do it a lot. I, I think I min-max a lot because uh, I'm like, I want to do high damage. I want to have high HP. I want to like, I want to really bring it in combat. But also, that is that often is relegated to like a small port of, part of my character because my character's story is more important. You know. So I think mm-hmm. that's like something yeah. that that I do for my players and stats that kind of makes it more balanced. I think for uh, you know across the, the table is for your D and D character to really function uh, on a the paper wise, um, you need to have two stats that are pretty good. Um, so you yeah. need to have like you know at least a plus three in two different things, 
um, in order for your character to kind of function for the most part. And the easy way to kind of do that is like, what are your saving throw proficiencies? Okay, you should probably have the, those two things be the highest. Yeah. Right? So it's like, as a rogue, I believe it's like intelligence and uh, dexterity. And so it's like, okay, well, let's go ahead and give you, you know, a, at least a plus three in both of those stats so that your character can succeed at all the things that you're supposed to be good at. Mm. Right? You know, uh, the rogue is supposed to be good at investigating and, you know, stealthing and, and, and you know, uh, yeah. history and, and, and clever things. You know, it's like... um that's that's where he's supposed to excel and protect and and lead you know figuring out traps and stuff like that so it's yeah. like when you just don't have the stats to back up literally the, just the class you're trying to play yeah the character concept so something i always do as a dm is i i give all my players a free 18 uh and they can replace any stat other than their lowest because i also am a strong proponent for role play and i think <laughs> having something your character sucks at is essential for uh, yeah, you know, making yeah. an unbalanced character makes a balanced party. Yeah, mm. yeah. You know, because I'm considering the group as a whole. If you have a character who's got 18 in all stats, rolled 18 in all stats, and then, you know, with uh, you know, uh, uh, stat boosts from leveling up and from your, your race features getting stat increases that way, you know, you're likely going to have two or three 20s by the time you're level five. And your character is just going to be kind of great at everything. Which, Which is not fun for anyone else. It's great if you're playing a, a bard or something. But, you know, it's, it's <laughs> really great for you, right? But it, for everyone else, it's like, oh, well. Because I remember one time I was playing a rogue in a party. And I failed the, you know, lock picking check. I was trying to use these tools to open a lock. And the party ranger is like, oh, I took the... um charlatan background so i pull up my thieves tools and i'll attempt to unlock the lock and he succeeds and it's like well then what am i here for <laughs> yeah exactly oh, yeah. exactly <laughs> you know it's yeah. like that's the one thing i was i'm good at and then the ranger is just being a better rogue than me like he also had mm. a really high stealth and he also had high strength and he also had good athletics and he also and it's like he just kind of did what everyone could do but a little bit better and it was just like yeah. What are what are we here for? Like, what do we have any? <laughs> okay, Mister One Man here? Party. Yeah, exactly. So I think you know, considering the the party is not it's not like you know an MMO levels where it's like we need a healer, a tank, and DPS like damage. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. I think it's not really like that. It's more like from a story perspective, who has their strengths and and how can we lean on each other to make a mm. well a good functioning family kind of. Yeah, um, yeah. So and and how can we set play. it up so that everyone can have fun, you know? Because it's no fun if you're like, every time you need to do a skill check, you're like, well, who has the highest this? And it's like, well, that's me. The, you know, the one guy just keeps doing everything. You know, it's like, oh, we got to persuade those guards. Who should we do it? You know, I don't know. Yeah. So I think that's like, it's it's not only important for like the, the story, the role play, but like to have fun. And that's like, mm. that's, that's pretty important. In, also, uh, I, I try to get people to to break out from playing the same character all the time. Uh, when I was young, I would always play a half-orc barbarian. Just yeah. Every, every yeah. single time. Always half-orc barbarian. Mm. And, um, you know, when the first time I was pushed to play something else, I was really uncomfortable, but then I had so much fun. And mm. I, I think I played, I think I played a rogue and it was just like, whoa, this is, I played the opposite. I played a, a rat folk rogue, this little, yeah. you know, no HP, 
uh, wind windbag, just just glass, not even a glass cannon, just a glass, nothing. <laughs> a glass, yeah. uh, just and a glass, it, just a piece of glass. <laughs> and it was just yeah. like, oh my gosh, like this is this is so much fun. Like, and it it opened my eyes to the role play world and how that can be just as entertaining slash more entertaining than you know a uh, a combat powerhouse like the half orc barbarian was <laughs> yeah yeah um so you know I, you know i think also like looking at your party and seeing like oh well is my the person who's naturally super charismatic if maybe we should he should lean away from playing a super charismatic character as he is automatically always doing that for the party anyway um, yeah maybe he should play a uncharismatic half orc barbarian you know, who can't even read so that the group needs to kind of rely on each other and he can, you know, it kind of, even from a role play perspective, it kind of balances things out better in that sense. So, yeah. Or the person who always plays like the lawful good, the, 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 the part the party's moral compass to play an evil guy. I is... played, I played my first evil character this year. Uh, and it was in granted. It was only for about two sessions. Uh, but I had fun. Yeah, and it's yeah. something I'd be open to more. I because I don't, I don't, I don't play the evil one usually. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Got to got to fill out gotta, your resume. Got to branch out. Yeah, try something new. I'll certainly try. If that if if she comes back, I'll play her. But uh, <laughs> she's she's she's. Into the side I, I think the farthest I've ever gone from my typical character style and play mm-hmm. style was I wanted to play a a hippie uh, gender neutral character. Uh, <laughs> it was this elf guy who looked incredibly feminine, but yeah. was mm. also bi, and so he was totally fine with people mistaking it and just, just roll with it and be like, "Oh, thanks, man!" and like. <laughs> like yeah, just super go with the flow, super chill, super like, yeah, I'm just down to, you know, just live life and love, you know, just yeah. let things be, you know, live, laugh, love, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it's just, I'm not like that in life, in real life at all. Like, he was just like open to try anything. Like, yeah, you want me to smoke that? Like, okay, you want me to drink that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just here for the experience, man. Like, mm. yeah. And I honestly, I think as, and this is like not even as a character, but like as a person, as you're as a player, it can be so healthy for you as a person to like not just to expand your perspective and to like, I don't know, to play a character that's very different from who you are. You know, I think that's not only fun for everyone to see, but I think that's also like a cool thing that D&D lets you do. You know, that's uh, that's my take. Yeah. Love it. Play D and D, guys. Ultimately, play D and D. Ultimately, do yeah. it. Just get that character out there. Consider your party. Don't be an arse. Um, Min max responsibly. Yeah. Back backstory. Put effort in it. Do it. All that. Good yes. Stuff. Yes. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Nosy Dragon. I hope you have enjoyed hanging out with us as much as we'd enjoyed hanging out with you. Oh, it's uh, been a blast. If, if you want more of this, we're on YouTube. Hello, YouTube. We're on Spotify. Hello, Spotify. Uh, and at the moment, that's kind of yeah. That's, those are the two places. <laughs> we're also on Twitch. Yes. We're also on yes. Twitch. Yes. We're also on Twitch. We, we, we stream live these conversations on Twitch. And uh, yeah. So thank you guys so much again. 
uh, have a lovely rest of your till you see us next. <laughs> yes. <laughs> till right. then, farewell. Okay, bye. bye. Get out of my tavern. Ah. Hey, you're not closed yet. Your stuff's bogus anyway. No, no, it's really good. I'll I'll come back tomorrow. I know you will. Ah, mm. Damn you, only goddamn sultry good. Only goddamn inn in town. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>